No Dunks is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. You heard it here first. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? I had no idea. Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals. I love doing things last-minute with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans. How many? 12 million. Over 12 million have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get in the game. The app is simple, quick, real easy to navigate. There's not only sports tickets, also music and theater. When you're looking for your theater tickets, you can also look for your sports tickets. So head over to the App Store or Play Store to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool. I'll call you later. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on The Athletic. I'm Jay Skeets, still up in Toronto, still waiting on that work visa, and alongside me, the man making the magic happen, JD. It's election day. There he is. Here we are, yes, in Canada. That's right, Election Day. Down in Atlanta, though, in our ETL studio, we got the homie, Tass Mellis. It's Election Day next year. Hey! <laughs> it's always Election Day in the States, it feels like. Uh, you got the bearded one there, Trey Kirby. hey hey Oh, and the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Lely. All right, thanks for joining us here on a Monday. A few things of note before we get started. Follow us on social media, both Twitter and and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. That's at No Dunks, I-N-C. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. No dunks at theathletic.com. We're going to record our first Stepping on the Beach mailbag-only podcast a little bit later this week. Ooh. So you got a few days here to get your questions in for that inaugural Stepping on the Beach mailbag-only podcast. So get them in, and you can hit us on Twitter as well. Hashtag no dunks if you got a short question. And yesterday, final final note here, guys. We dropped a new special podcast in our No Dunks feed called Who Wants Some Trivia? Not me, apparently. <laughs> no. Don't spoil it, Lee. Yeah, Lee, don't spoil it. You're right, because we've probably got a lot of people catching this one here on Monday. Haven't heard the Who Wants Some Trivia podcast. It's a new series we're going to try out here. It'd be awesome if you guys give it a listen. Let you know, let us know what you think about it. Lee, our first ever contestant, putting his NBA knowledge to the test. Um, yeah, we won't spoil it. It was a lot of fun, though. We dropped it uh, early on Sunday morning. So if this is something you guys enjoy, maybe we'll try and do a couple of these a month. We'll figure it out. Um, and it slipped my mind at the end of the that first podcast, Who Wants Some Trivia? I was inspired to try this idea Thanks to Slate's excellent Hit Parade music mm. podcast. They do a great podcast overall talking about you know years and songs and why this song went number one and all that. And then they had this little sort of trivia podcast that they tried. And I was like, man, you can maybe do that with the NBA. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Go download that. We had it up on early Sunday morning. All right, guys. We are going to get eventually to um, locking in some, some of our NBA over and under bets. Looking at you know team win bets, total win bets. But we got some news here to get into here on Monday. Let's start with Pascal Siakam. He agreed to a four-year, $130 million max extension with the Raptors over the weekend. Deal kicks in for the 2021 season. And really, 
should keep Siakam here uh, in Toronto, the 25-year-old in Toronto, for a majority of his prime. Were you, you know, we had I, I, we had slipped it in a, in a season preview task. I'd asked you, you know, like, what do you do if you're the Raptors? Do you, do you just do this? And you were you were pretty gun ho of saying, yeah, just get it done. Why 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 wait? Why test? You know, the restricted free agency. So I assume you weren't all that surprised that the Raptors and Siakam came to an agreement here. I was not surprised, and I think Pascal Siakam deserves the max in the NBA to have a guy who can defend all positions. This, this is he's a legitimately great defender. At, at now he's six eight according to the NBA <laughs> rules and regs. He's been he's been deducted an inch sure. because because they're actually measuring guys, but he can guard so many players. On that end, he is elite. On the other end, he went to an NBA championship as the number two. B score. I, I wouldn't call him the number two score because Kyle Lowry did a heck of a job there. So he's two A or two B. Yep. He hasn't proven that he can be a number one score yet. Uh, that's definitely unproven. But in the NBA, to, to go max with a guy who is a number two ish score uh, and an elite defender is exactly fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's what you how you build a roster. I think. I think that's totally acceptable. You know, if we're talking about a franchise guy as a um, uh, again like a number two guy for a championship team. I think you've seen that that can happen. A franchise guy on like a bad team, like the Raptors should be this year, like a mediocre team. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, like he's a great player on both ends. So I think it's it's totally acceptable. Yeah, I like committing to Siakam right away as the Athletics. Eric Kareen and Blake Murphy have both mentioned. You can subscribe to the Athletic at theathletic.com slash no dunks if you want to hear those guys' thoughts. But they say the Raptors are committing to Siakam saying, you're our guy. They're not putting him in a situation where down the line he can say, well, why'd you wait that year to see if I was the number one option Mm -hmm. when I had just won a championship and made these huge strides? It's also still a smaller max. It's only 25% of the cap. He's not making $40 million a year starting next year. It's going to be a reasonable amount for a guy who, at the worst, can be maybe like a new Paul Millsap. Uh, uh, he's more perimeter-oriented than Millsap was early on in Utah, but Millsap was kind of caught behind Boozer, and it seemed like if this guy ever gets a chance to be the guy on his team, he'll still succeed. He finally got that chance. Boozer left to the Bulls. Millsap had an uptick in volume, but his efficiency stayed the same. That's what we saw with Pascal Siakam last year, and that's the hope going forward is that he can continue to take more shots and make the same amount of them. He improved everywhere last season, just with the minutes, with the responsibility, offensively, defensively. He got 24 votes in uh, all defense teams. I think he really should crack an all defensive team by the time this contract is over because he is so versatile at that end. But the question will be whether or not this season he can continue to grow like he did last season yeah. or will teams figure him out a little bit more? Will they put more pressure on him because he's going to have so much more of the offense and that's going to be the challenge for him. I think the, he, the Raptors obviously had to give him this contract though he earned it and if he can continue to grow the way we've seen him then he's going to be a star player he's going to make an all-star team as well at some point so I think it's great I think if he can increase his three-point shooting as well like he increased his uh, tries last season and his percentage if he can maintain that and and you know start knocking down two or three a game with consistency he's going to be very very tough to, uh, to defend because you see him in the post as well he's got good hands he's got good soft touch he can put the ball on the floor he's very 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 adaptable to whatever the defense is giving him there he spreads the floor he does everything for toronto so that's all against the number two defender though the number two wing defender maybe he's a great post defender when it's a you know the third wing guarding him maybe he's not when it's Kawhi Leonard guarding him. Right. I mean, we'll, we'll find out this season. We'll find out how he uh, Nobody how concerned goes. that they didn't wait a season? No, Of him being me. the number one guy and then saying, yeah, we, we can still either match this or give you a huge contract next year. 
Not for me. I, I think it's uh, I think it's good for a franchise to say we don't even want to get to that situation. We believe in you. Uh, we're going to give you this. The, the only haggling apparently was over Pascal and his team wanted that fourth year to be a team a player option, and the Raptors held firm. And I and I think that's that's the Raptors saying, listen, we we believe in this guy. We believe he'll probably get another contract at some point after this one. So uh, he showed everything. I mean, a lot of people in the states just didn't see him last season because they just he's on the Raptors until he got to the playoffs and the finals, and he really stood out. So I think there would have been a, a lot of interest in him at the end of this season. Yeah. I think the Raptors just wanted to, to clear that boat right now. Yeah, to answer your sort of question there, Trey, I think it's also because of when you look at the potential free agents in 2020. It's not sexy. There's not a lot of big names by any means. So it's like sort of a no-brainer outside of obviously a drastic injury to him that Siakam was going to be like someone was going to throw max money at him. So it was going to happen anyway. So they were like, yeah, well, what's what's the point of waiting? Now, there are cap reasons. I get all that. But, the, you know, with the Lowry and Siakam extensions and then the Van Vliet cap hold, I mean, they're, the, the, the Raptors are... They appear to be fine not being players in any sort of free agency for next summer, that 2020 summer. Um, it's the year after that, as we all know, 2021, where it's a, a little more juicy. So, yeah, you said 25% of the cap to there, Trey. Michael Grange did note, I saw in his article today, if Siakam makes first or second team All-NBA or wins the MVP award this season, um, it will bump up. It'll be worth 30% of the cap. So he's got an incentive there um, with that four-year deal. Could be worth $156 million. Second team All-NBA? I guess not out of... It's not that crazy. It's, it's possible. I mean, the Raptors would have to probably have an amazing record. At the Siakam. forward spot? Yeah, you're I know. You got a little... Four forward? I know. You got a little Raptors high. My man's getting the 25% contest. I'm saying contest. it's very, very unlikely. Very unlikely. But not... MVP, yeah. Okay, that's not happening. But he, he's, <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a case to be made where you could see it happening. If he, if he makes these improvements across the board and, and the numbers skyrocket because he's the number one guy and he... And he you know, surprises maybe a, maybe a little bit there by going like, oh yeah, you were a most improved guy, but now you are, uh, you know, a lock for the All Star game, and you are a twenty three, twenty four point per game scorer. Yeah, I think it's in play, but it's probably going to be the twenty five percent. You're right. Yeah, and you mentioned this when we were talking this weekend. Sometimes we talk when we're not doing shows, and you said uh, <laughs> Skeets brought up whether or not he could have inked a five year extension. Yeah, I was decided conf- to give him four. Yeah, I was confused by that at first because. That it's true. You he could have signed a five year yeah. max extension, which is then is weird to me that we call. It's just strange mm-hmm. we call a four year one hundred and thirty million dollar a max extension. I mean, I get it. It's max. We don't have money. enough words. Yeah, it's max <laughs> money for him. But yeah. it's not max really money for a max the term c- of the contract. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's when it's written money. out there. When people just say max contract extension, they're just doing the dollar. They're just yeah. They're just calculating dollars. Like Kyle Lowry got a one year extension. I think it's a max dollar <laughs> offer. Yeah, but it's for one year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it, it is. It is a good contract, and when you look at it like that, I think they yep. also yep. You no, know, they shortened it by one year. You said he's not even in the prime of his career. I think anyone would take this contract in a trade right now, and then the contract hasn't even started. Yeah, uh, and and because he's got yeah, he's got upside number one, uh, and I think you have to always have that. Um, you have to keep that in mind with Masai Ujiri. He could be trading this contract, but I, I think there's there's not a worry because this guy is that talented. And and I do find it interesting to think about the comps for for him. You brought up Paul Millsap, even though he, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam has been deducted an inch from his height, it feels like <laughs> he's way taller than Paul Millsap, even yeah. though they're both six eight. 
Pascal's like seven two, seven three in terms of his wingspan. He feels a lot longer. Like he can get to the rim and score over people. And they were trying to throw Joel Embiid. They they did throw Joel Embiid at him in, in the second round last year. Their best defender mm-hmm. to try and shut him down. Uh, the, you know, people are had are some aware. success with it. Oh, it, but, oh but for sure. But again, sure. that's fine when you're a young player. You know, yeah. he hasn't got it all figured out. But he no. certainly showed that uh, you know under the bright lights of the finals, he he was great. And that's, that's pretty good. That's what I think, uh, you know, you just don't want to risk that when you're the Raptors. Again, even though they could have matched anything next season, I think it's just a better uh, signal to the, his team to say, we believe in you, bro. Yeah, it is. Yeah, bro. Um, it is It is still tough for me to wrap my head around him being a franchise player, though. The best guy on a really, really good team. On a championship team? Yeah, that's Yeah, fair. that's that's what's intriguing to me. Can he... He's only played basketball for like eight seasons as it is, like in his life. So maybe he continues just to, to improve. And there has been, maybe not to a franchise level player, but there's an established like precedent here of what happens with most improved guys recently. I mean, generally they're... They become all-stars. They're like all-stars and then really, really good players. Like five of the last six most improved players have gotten to that all-star level. McCollum's the only one. Um, over the last six, you know, I'm talking one of the years prior to Siakam that hasn't yet. And, you know, most people are like, yeah, he's borderline all-star and likely will make one before it's all said and done. So, yeah, Siakam, Raptors fans, I think, are generally happy up here with this contract. And, yeah, it's not the five-year. Maybe Siakam's camp wanted the three plus one, like with the option. And this is where they came to an agreement here on the middle um, of right. this four-year. Yeah. And uh, you look at Pascal Siakam. That was his first test in the postseason last year. Some ups and downs. Yeah, Joel Embiid shut him down. But then, you know, 30-point performance to start the NBA Finals. Uh, it's and then not going to get worse. Yeah, he had a dud of a game, too, though. Which yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They shut him down. Yeah, yeah. So there's, but, but I would imagine your first playoff experience was an, a pretty positive one. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't against the number one defender at all times. But I, he's not going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. I IMO. Yeah. Unlikely. He could. I mean, he could. He could look worse playing against the number one option. He could. This could be a contract they regret. I think it's easy to foresee a place where you know he he gets hurt this season and then doesn't necessarily recover to the the same path that everybody assumes that Siakam's on this most improved to all star to perhaps all NBA. He could get worse. I mean, it's not a risk free contract. Or, or the guy has a track record of eight seasons playing basketball, one successful year in the NBA. Or he could just. This is as good as he gets. As well, I mean, exactly this could right. be yeah. could be his peak, but I think he's going to get better. I, I mean, I, I think I like what I like about him is his composure as well. His, he doesn't seem to get too rattled. He's not too emotional out on the court there. So I think that. And why do they call him spicy? I think it's because when he dunks. They're spicy dunks. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, that's a great question. I've never thought about it like that. But I've, I've, you know, you don't, you don't see him, you don't see him getting, you know, too sort of uh, angry or, or, sure. or you know, feel. emotional at either end of the floor. He just goes out there and he's got, uh, you know, he's got confidence in his skills. I think at both ends, and I think it's just that quiet confidence where, you know, defensively especially, he rarely gets beaten by his opponent. Like mm. it, it, he, he's got very, very great uh, defensive instincts. I, I prefer buttery P myself because I think he is <laughs> he is smooth like anything on offense and and I buy some of the videos I've I've watched this summer of him uh, just getting up to the three point line finding his shot and lining it up and scoring off the dribble and uh, he he they they pushed him to do that in the postseason last year he wasn't quite there but I think he's getting better at that just give him the ball that's then his sort of next step as a as a player but. I like it. Both ends. He, uh, I, I'm buying the Paskey four years. 
going into his prime. Yeah, can we stop talking about uh, spicy food right now? I had a lot of Thai food this weekend, and I, and I think we went overboard on one of the orders, made it a little too spicy. Hey. Um, so I've been uh, been struggling the last couple days here. <laughs> oh. Man, it was good. It was don't delicious. worry, you got you got free medical insurance up there. I don't so think you're fine. I do. I, I'm not. No? I'm not 100 percent sure I do. I am, I know you're right. I am Canadian. It's like you, you got the Canadian healthcare you here, can't but, vote. but I'm you not can't a resident. I'm not a resident mm. anymore. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how that works. So yeah, I can't That's... be going to the doctor's office with trapped spicy wind, Lee, or something. Like that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's too trapped. No, it's that's that's true. That's the least of my worries. That's a good. It point. is funny. I thought you skis uh, had Indian food yesterday. I know you you love your Ooh, Indian food. Oh yeah. And uh, you you always say basketball and Indian food are a game of runs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> for, for me, at least. Uh, but I did the very rare back-to-back tie nights. That's strange. I I, mm, I gotta yes. admit. Yeah, tied one. Unless on. you're in ties. Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Well, let's stick here um, with sort of the contract extension talks. Uh, Buddy Hield. And the Sacramento Kings, they they continue, as of recording here, um, early Monday, they remain at odds ahead of tonight's deadline for those, those rookie-scale extensions. I believe it's at midnight tonight here on Monday. Uh, according to Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes, he'll turn down the four-year $90 million contract extension from the Kings. He and his agents are reportedly seeking a deal more in the $110 million range. Um, Hield was obviously fantastic for the Kings last season. What, what do you do? You guys think this gets uh, figured out here um, before the deadline tonight on Monday? And if it doesn't, could this could this derail the Kings' season at all? I mean, you you guys saw the comments that Buddy Heald had. He didn't sound uh, didn't sound all that happy with the the sort of low ball offer in his eyes that the Kings were throwing at him. I think it's a six o'clock extension. Oh, is it? Okay, six o'clock Eastern, Eastern. If we yeah. want to talk yeah. times, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> I think he'll be signed by by the time that people are listening to this podcast. I, I think his comments, uh, you know, not it's not great to go through the media, but he was kind of right in saying, you know, big free agents don't sign in Sacramento. He had a good season. He he he's improved every single season he's been there. He's shooting the three pointer really well. He's a career forty two percent three point shooter. This is what the NBA is right now. I think if if he wants one hundred and ten and the Kings are prepared to offer him ninety. Surely they can meet right, in the middle. Five million more. You're a thinking a hundred. I'm thinking a hundred million. Oh. Yeah, for four for four years. Because I mean, you're a ruthless negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like. Oh, you got a number. I got a number. Split it. I, I just I just think for the Kings, it, it's uh, you know, look, they traded for him. Remembering the Boogie Cousins trade, he's been a very very good asset to this team. I think he's good gr- growing in that backcourt there with uh, De'Aaron Fox. I think if you're the Kings, he's going to get this money somewhere. Uh, and if he, if he plays out this season, maybe they trade him, who knows. But if he does play out, I think it's a waste from the Kings. I think you go, you, you, you sign him up because of the skills that he has. Sure, he could certainly improve other parts of his game. But I think right now, sign him up, $100 million. You know you can trade that contract. And I, I just think he's earned it as well. I mean, 21 points a game last year, 43% from downtown on eight threes a game. That's, that's pretty good numbers. And I think, uh, I think he's worth it. Yeah, I would agree. I think you should pay him the entire 110. If you want to stop being the Kings, a team that has been a joke for two decades, uh, who has uh, two decades worth of uh, incompetence in the front office, pay your best players. The guy had the seventh best three-point season of all time. Like you're saying, Lee, he is a modern player. Him and De'Aaron Fox, you can see them, I don't know, they're not the Splash Brothers because Fox isn't lighting it up, but they're an incredible backcourt that seems like the sort of future that you're building around, especially with Marvin Bagley. I think he's better than Bogdan Bogdanovich. I mean, I, I think that Bogdan is a very solid player. He can offer maybe a little bit more 
playmaking, but I don't think we're ever going to see the Bogdanovich that we saw during FIBA in the NBA. It's just not necessarily the same game. He's not in the same... uh, I don't think he has the same rep in the NBA that teams are going to let him take over all the time, but it's going to come down to choosing between those two guys. And I think, I think it would behoove the Kings to make a move to keep healed right now because the chemistry to me is already going to be jeopardized a little bit. If you got one guy coming in, I know he's right that teams uh, that Sacramento doesn't get big name free agents, but a free agent for Sacramento probably shouldn't be the one saying that. That sounds very Boogie Cousins to me in the Mm. locker room. We've seen a lot of bad videos come out of those locker rooms. So if the Kings want to be taken seriously as a franchise, I think they either need to pay Buddy, commit to him, or ship him out and commit to Bogdan. Mm. He's not asking for the max max, which would be four for 130. It's a lower number. Mm -hmm. But the worry is with the Kings and their incompetence, as you mentioned earlier, is that they would pay their old guys that they've been paying. They've been paying a lot of guys to fill up their locker room because they think they're a championship-level team and then not pay their young guys. They gave Harrison Barnes four for 85. They paid Trevor Ariza. They paid Dwayne Dedman. They paid Corey Joseph. Now, if they're going to pay those dudes because they think they're a championship-level team and not pay their young guys, it would be very Kings-like. And that's what sort of gives me pause between before the, uh, the uh, deadline here that maybe they don't sign Buddy Heald. But I think he just sort of opened his mouth because it, it seems like, you know, even when Buddy came on our show a few years ago, he likes to talk. And the mics were in his, in his face. He talked a lot. He went to Fan Fest they had on, on Saturday night. He had a dunk, and he turned towards Vladi Divac, the GM, and he gave him the, the universal sign for money. Pay me, man. And, and I, think that, I think those two things happen with Buddy Heald. He talks a lot, but he's also, he also wants to be there. And uh, I think they're going to find a number, and he should be part of the young core. But I don't. I, I think they should have Bogdanovich on that team. Why would you have Bogdanovich or have Barnes and not Bogdanovich? You know what I mean? Like, if we're going to build a championship team, what are we doing here? Let's let's have the best guys. Bogdanovich has shown he's got a lot of stones in this league. Keep him around. Keep Heald around. Keep Fox around, and see what Bagley is. Uh, those those are are my cornerstones for this team. And and Bogdanovich's contract is going to be way cheaper just because of his uh, his status. I don't know. The Barnes thing is the thing that's sort of irky right yeah, now. I'm with you. Uh, ideally, they should be able to keep Buddy and Bogdan. But the problem is that they've paid all these vets to try and make their team a little bit more respectable. Yeah. I think that's a an understandable move if you're coming from. Uh, where the Kings franchise has been. But like you're saying, that's a huge contract to Harrison Barnes that every other player can now look at on the team and say, hey, you hey. give Harrison Barnes this. I've been putting up better numbers than Harrison Barnes. Pay me more. Mm. I'm going to be doing my international <laughs> sign for pay me money at the Fan Fest. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about uh, other thing with Buddy Heald is you, you say he talks a lot, but he's never really been any sort of distraction for that team. No. You know, it's like he's a good player to have. He's a good Except for that room. one night where he aged an entire year <laughs> in an interview. That was a bit yeah, of a distraction. That, that is true. But other than that, I mean, you know, good solid vet, played all 82 games last year. I mean, those things to me, when you are buddy, you're making your case, again, not asking for the, for the, for the max that he's entitled. So I think it does help his case. And I think if he walks, it does look bad on the Kings. It's like, why wouldn't you at least sign this guy and have him as an asset that you can trade? You can easily trade this contract down the road. So Kings, don't mess this up. Just, just find that middle ground at least. Yeah, I think that there's a reason for the pause with the Kings is because they're also going, like you guys were saying, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to have to do the extension with Fox here soon. Oh yeah, Bagley looks like a player. That's going to be coming down the line. And they're caught between this 
they're caught between the future, the, the, this youth movement, and then, like you said, during the summer, they're tasked wanting to add these vets to really try and make a playoff push. And they're so they're just like they're caught a little bit here between paying these guys in the present, vets guys, and then oh yeah, all these massive contracts we're gonna have to dole out for the future. And whether one of them, maybe two of them, are not worth keeping. I'm with you. Buddy Heald makes sense on this team quite a bit. Uh, it's nice to have a shooter like that. He put up one of the greatest three-point seasons we've ever seen in NBA history in terms of just pure volume and the consistency he was knocking it down. So it fits with your Fox and your Bagley's, but they're trying to make it all work at once here while trying to figure out the book. So it's, I mean, it's in a way, it's classic Kings. But we will see whether or not uh, they do come to an agreement. And like, uh, like, like these guys, if they don't, you know, He's, it's not like he's gone from the Kings by any means. He would still be restricted. They could match, and they could then, yeah. you know, keep him around. But it's like, what we already seen he's a little frustrated talking to the media here with not getting this deal, and, and probably just, you know, in his mind thinking, yeah, I do deserve more money than Harrison Barnes. I play with him every day. Um, and, like, do you go through a whole season of him being upset? Um, does that help or hurt him? Because he's, like, really wants to stick it to you. I don't know. So we'll see what the Kings do here. They do have some time, uh, again, recording this earlier on Monday to, to, to come to an agreement for that 6, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern deadline. Thank you. I thought it was a midnight one. All right. We have um, got some disappointing news here to talk. Let's slip it in. Zion Williamson. Expected to miss, in quotations here, this is from Woj, period of weeks to start the regular season with a right knee injury. So he's not going to be playing on opening night tomorrow night, Tuesday, versus the Raptors up here in Toronto. And we don't know when he's going to come back. This is really all we know right now. Um, what, what's your reaction to this, guys? How much, really, truly, just how much does this suck already that you know we're not going to get Zion on opening night and we don't even know when he's going to play? It stinks very much for us, for the NBA. They booked him for two national TV games on opening week, and he won't be there for either of them. But step back. Let's let's, let's step back here. Okay. And these uh, the Greg Oden comparisons that are happening out there on the stupid internet are a little ridiculous. I think if you look at this organization, and we gave him, we gave it all the A plus over the summer because we think it's a quote unquote smart organization. And this appears to be let's let's give them a little credit, a smart move. There's something going on in the knee. Let's just shut it down and figure it out, and not let him play and try and fight through it. So. Uh, yes, sucks, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trusting an organization that we gave a lot of trust to for the last few months to try and get this right. And he could be playing. It's not like he's decimated. Like, there's, you know, Alan Gentry in, in interviews uh, you know, during camp here this past weekend was basically like, he's not dead. He's fine. Um, there's he, He's living his life, yeah, living he, the dream. Yeah, he's, he's living the dream. And, and he's definitely downplaying how much he's injured and that they're just being cautious. And I think that's what it is. And, and that's, I think that's a good thing uh, at this point to figure out the man's gait, where he's applying that pressure on his leg, how much weight is going on. Now, and obviously he waddles, and that's a big worry. And if you're looking for all the MDs out there giving their, their takes on, uh, on his knee and how it's going to play out, it's definitely something to worry about. But that's why, that's why this is a positive, that he's sitting down now rather than in you know, game 35 when he actually gets injured. I think this is just a precautionary move. The concern is, Joe, just the King, uh, the, the Pelican saying a number of weeks. So that could be two weeks or it could be 10 weeks, really. 
And Those are both numbers. They're both numbers. <laughs> and that, that to yeah. me, I'm, you know, usually, usually you hear someone say he's out for two to four weeks or six to eight weeks or whatever it is. To say this, they're sort of, I think, giving themselves a little bit extra time to say, hey, maybe he's out for two months. We don't really know here. Sure. Gentry was even saying he hasn't been completely ruled out for opening night. So right. it's, so it's that's, very that's strange. Why. They're kind of, they're being very cagey about it, no yes. doubt, because yeah. they don't know what's going on. And like Tass is saying, they're just... Playing it cautious. This mm. is year one. This is month one of Zion's NBA career. They want him to be there for 20 years, not 20 minutes. That's right. And, and it wouldn't make any sense for them to rush him back at all, even if that does mean he's out for, you know, three months. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned the Greg Oden comparisons there out there as well. But, but there's another comparison, Blake Griffin, who missed his entire rookie season. But he came back and he's basically crafted a, a Hall of Fame career since then. So even if Zion... Maybe not a model of physical health no, but, throughout his career. But, but remember those first couple of years as a clipper when he was playing. I mean, you couldn't tell he was coming off a year of missing an, yep. inj- an injury. He was explosive and dynamic. And as he's aged, he's lost some of that athleticism, which was going to happen anyway. But, you know, I've seen Zion up close and uh, he does uh, he does a lot of jumping and he gets up high. And so he's putting a lot of pressure on those knees and those ankles. And, um, you know, that's, that is going to be a concern because he, he is a big, big guy already. So whether or not the Pelicans try to get him to lose a bit of weight maybe I don't know but uh, it, it's going to be something that you, you do wonder if his body is going to be able to maintain all that pressure of jumping up and down I mean Dwight Howard early on remember he was an incredible physical specimen now it's sort of caught up with him later on in his career but but early on uh, Dwight was an incredibly uh, athletic guy who jumped all the time he used to say Orlando just throw the ball up I'll go and get it and he was blocking shots at the other end as well so you know guys can do it yeah, Zion but, Williamson's 19 years old though. yeah <laughs> that's the skill like Dwight's thirty-three. I don't know. What's no, what I'm saying, I'm saying. There? Well, the, I'm saying Dwight early on was jumping all the time. Yeah, right? and 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 it has caught up with him eventually. But Zion, he jumps at both ends of the floor as well. Yeah. Well, so well, Zion had so an injury. He should not jump. No, I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying he's going to put a lot of pressure on his yeah. joints at both ends of the floor. He also so had a knee injury. They have in college yeah, is the worry. Yeah, yeah, they have to. They, and high school. And high school. Yeah. Yeah. What he had a knee injury in high school. Yeah. Yes. Oh, same knee. Uh, I, I don't know. This what the one that happened in high school was like he fell on the on the ground and like mm. the, just the size of his body hurt his knee falling on the ground. I mean, yeah, I he hasn't had surgery at this point, and you know, like Dwight, you know, had back surgery. Blake's had his surgeries. And that's why I think if you're going to put this Pelicans organization and I don't know what the heck's going on in that locker room as far as you know his pain level and what's going on, but Pelicans organization versus other organizations, I think some would just play him. I'm, I'm guessing, like mm. you, like you said, Alvin Gentry would said he wouldn't rule him out for opening night. I think the Pelicans are just being more cautious than other organizations would, so I think they should get the benefit of the doubt. Right and they completely, under David Griffin, revamped like their um, trainers and stuff like that uh, because they haven't had a great track record, the Pelicans have. Over the last they grabbed the Suns guy. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. I forget his name. But um, do you think, I mean, we don't know. We don't know what period means <laughs> in period of weeks, like you were saying, but has, has Zion's sort of rookie of the year chances have they already gone up in smoke? Like, is that is is he just going to miss too many games? And does anyone want a prediction, Mulligan? Because everyone was obviously backing Zion for Rookie of the Year in our season previews. Or does everyone fall on that? Or just too I'll stick soon? with it. I'm sticking with okay. Zion as my Rookie of the Year pick. He's still going to be a walking highlight as soon as he comes back. The something I think that could be a huge. A, a double edged sword for his case going forward is if he misses 
quite a bit of time. 18 of the Pelicans' first 20 games are against teams that want to make the playoffs this year. Uh, they've got a really tough schedule to start, so they could be behind the eight ball, which either means their playoff chances are gone when Zion comes back. And, you know, he's just putting up big highlights and big numbers for a team that's in the middle of the Western Conference, not really going anywhere until next year. In which case, maybe his case doesn't look as sexy as somebody who's contributing to a playoff team or he comes back there on the edge of the playoff picture. He's awesome. And he leads him into the playoffs. Then he's for sure the rookie of the year. I refuse to withdraw my Zion Williamson pick because that makes it feel like to me like he actually is injured and will be injured for a long period of time so i you know i'm just holding out hope but i think the pelicans had big worries in terms of their team coming into the season because they had so many new parts figured out zion williamson included is he a three is he a four is he a five okay he's not a three but is he a four is he a five there's there's so many questions there's still a lot of questions now they don't have zion i think that that really hurts their chances uh but as far as zion's chances the dude's a freak and whether it's two three four he could still win this okay pelicans raptors Tuesday night, first game of the NBA season. First game of 1,230 regular season games. Uh, no Zion, and it's the Raptors, who we know do not do well in the States. I mean, everyone in Canada is going to be watching, you would hope, but they don't do well in the States. Is this going to be the worst rating, worst rated opener of all time? I think it's in play, right? Probably, yeah. Like I hate to say it, but it seems yeah. like it could be. If people yeah. know Zion ain't playing, if they if that's if that is the case, and, yeah, I think and I think I think uh, Lavar Ball is in Toronto, so maybe he <laughs> oh. will uh, generate oh. a bit of publicity. Okay, you know, yeah, like, like there's definitely some excitement on Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, but no, nowhere near the pull <laughs> yeah. of a uh, Zion. And, and and again, I mean, so many people are just kind of dismissing the Raptors championship that they don't even care. They're looking sort of already toward this season, so yeah, it's probably not going to be a. Uh, not a, not a ratings uh, winner out there, I wouldn't say. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be watching, though. We got Lakers-Clippers, I guess, after. Yeah, so that's the other thing, that's yeah. Not too, too bad. All right, so, uh, yeah, we'll just hold our breath with Zion. Hopefully it's nothing serious, and like Tass said, they're just being overly precautious. Um, all right, final piece of news here, guys. Dion Waiters was suspended by the Heat for their season opener on Wednesday. They start on Wednesday night for what was described as conduct detrimental to the team. So Heat President Pat Riley said, quote, there were a number of unacceptable incidents this week culminating with his unprofessional conduct on the bench on Friday night, part of a preseason game. As a consequence, I feel we had to suspend him. Waiters then took to Instagram to show he wasn't happy. Um, you know, someone said that he was losing minutes to, to rookie uh, Tyler Hero because uh, Hero, I guess, works hard, as this Instagram commenter put it. Waiters replied with the old LOL, so he's laughing at that. He also sort of said Spo only one because of LeBron and Wade, or he was alluding to that fact. Uh, he just went off in the Instagram comments, and he had gotten into it with Spolster on the bench, really is what happened here. So, Deion Waiters out for game one. Where where do the... There are rumors now that the Heat have been trying to trade him since last Christmas, and haven't. I don't think this is going to help his case, but uh, what goes on? What, what do you think is going on here? Is it just Waiters upset with minutes and not playing in the preseason and not maybe going to be starting? And where do they go from here? I think the Heat are showing off for Jimmy Butler. Ooh. First, James Johnson got in trouble for being overweight. Now, Deion Waiters is going to be expended, uh, suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. Last April, Pat Riley said, I told you what I hated. I hate complaining, gossiping, and guys that don't work hard. I have a hard time with players that don't tuck their shirts in. Mm, it's very right. unprofessional. Come on, buddy. This is ridiculous to me. I understand that Deion Waiters can be a problematic presence in a locker room. He's mad that he's not playing. He hasn't played more than 46 games in the past three seasons. For whatever reason, Pat Riley committed to this guy after a slightly better than 500 season. 
Everybody knew this was the, something that can happen with Deion Waiters. If you don't want him around, then cut him. It was your mistake to bring him in. Pat Riley, you got to deal with it. Untuck your shirt. Untuck Dion. Kyrie would never work in uh, Miami then because he's always got the untucked shirt. That's right. So he's never Jimmy Butler has untucked shirts mm. quite a bit, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. He doesn't have yeah. shirts that reach his shorts. Yeah, That's, that's a good point. He's got crop tops or danglers. Yeah. Where, what's he going to do? Dion, Dion though, that's how much I want to tuck it in. I'm going to cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> Dion does have a history, though, as well. Like, even go back to his rookie season, he got into it, I think, with Kyrie Irving over shots and things like he that. He punched and, him, is what the, the rumor was. Because <laughs> right. well, Kyrie had like a black eye or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing with Dion, he just hasn't been able to stay on the court. So he has to earn that spot back. And it's, it's preseason. He should be working hard and doing what the coaches are for him. He said he got in the best shape of his life. Yeah, that's right. So he's coming well, in saying, look at me. I got a six-pack. Put me on, maybe, coach. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe he is. I don't know. But he doesn't. He can be a guy who can score, but he doesn't provide all that much else for a team. He's not a great defender. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't set other guys up. I think the Heat are just saying, listen, man, you, you, you're basically coming off an injury. You've got, to, you've got to earn that spot. There's no freebies in the NBA, especially on this team. Uh, and Dion didn't take well to it. It's never good when a guy goes to social media and uh, expresses his opinions via liking or commenting or things like that. He's trying to clearly get himself traded. I'm not sure there's a super hot market for him, though, but uh, we'll see what happens there in Miami. I mean, Pat Riley likes to crack the whip. He likes to be a hardliner. And uh, I think if, if Dion continues to sort of behave like this, then then he will be out of that team. But if he sort of takes his suspension on his chin and says, all right, I've got to work hard and, and he'll get minutes if he's playing, then I think you, there may be some sort of future for him there in Miami. But not looking great right now. He thinks he's better than he is, too. Oh, of course That's he does, the yeah. the real problem with the Oilers. <laughs> he just thinks he's He hit like, that game winner against not. the Warriors, and that was, that. That was yeah. it. He thinks he's in the Hall of Fame. But in his defense, he comes back from the injury, and now he feels like he's in better shape. He has started when he's been with the Heat. I mean, he started... When he's healthy, he starts for the most part. So he is like, what's going on here? And I do think a big part of it is this, uh, you know, the Tyler Hero hype. Um, it, I, I, that's got to be killing him. Uh, no, you know, not knowing Deion Waiters personally, but knowing him, sort of his <laughs> attitude. Uh, he's like, I play hero ball. Yeah, come on, <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Um, Just wait it out, though, man. This is exactly what happened with uh, Dion when LeBron came to the Cavs as well. Joe Harris was starting. He started complaining. He was holding his hands up all the time saying, pass me the ball. Just wait it out, man. Sometimes rookies start because they get hot. Then the other teams figure them out and they go back to the bench. That's when you slide in and show off all those great, great reasons that you are still on the Miami Heat. Pat Riley, he really cares about culture. He also signed Hassan Whiteside and Deion Waiters. Hmm. Let's not forget that. Yeah, it is odd. You guys covered everything as far as the team goes. Um, I'm just going to voice my frustration with the Instagram Discover page, which I absolutely sometimes it just really bothers. Actually, before I, I read the story about him not or you know doing the the LOLs and doing his comments, I happened to go to the Instagram Discover page, and I you know you see these screen grabs of quotes that aren't sourced properly on Instagram now. Yeah, everybody was getting misquoted. You know from. WNBA players back, you know, there's the Brittany Griner thing that happened towards the end of the year last year. And so, yes, there's a screen grab with Dion Waiters comment, but is it a comment? Is it an actual comment? That's, that's all I just wanted to vent about. And I guess they were comments. You just don't know. You just don't know. And I'm not going to say the F-A-K-E news words out there, but that's what that's the that is well, what's happening yeah, out there. And you don't really on the Instagram discover. You also page. don't know if it's actually Dion Waiters. Yes, it's exactly. his account, but you know, a lot of these guys hacked. have the No, not hacked. No, no. I mean like <laughs> I mean more 
it's a buddy of Dion Waiters or someone in his in his in his crew mm. or his fam mem- family member or something like that happens a lot too. But I also believe I could see Dion Waiters being pissed enough to uh, jump in there and be like, yeah, LOL, and yeah, Drop I would have won too if I had LeBron and Wade and stuff like that. So we will see what the Heat do. Uh, I'll do a great start. The one, the one thing I will say, though, is like uh, Pat Riley has Spolstra's back 100%. Yeah. So there's never – Pat Riley's never going to take the side of the player in that instance. So it's on Dion Waiters to sort of say, all right, I'm going to have to, you know – Pull, in, pull myself into line here because Spolstra is basically a, a heat lifer. He's just an extension of Pat Riley there on the bench. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, we're going to get to debating a few over and under NBA bets here, but I first want to take a second to encourage you all out there listening to subscribe to The Athletic. Um, I really, really don't think you'd be disappointed, especially as an NBA fan. You've got Hall of Famer David Aldridge, John Hollinger back in the game, Shams dropping bombs, um, and that subscription, guys, got a little even got even sexier today. With The Athletic launching numerous new NBA podcasts, a lot of them team-specific podcasts. Bucks fans have now Hear the Deer podcast, great name. Rockets fans have Brody and the Beard. Might have to change that one in the future, but I like it right now. Jazz fans have Game Notes with Tony Jones and Zach Harper. It goes on and on and on. You can go check it out. The Athletic NBA, all these new podcasts. And if you subscribe through the No Dunks link here, you get 40% off a subscription. Theathletic.com slash No Dinks. No dunks. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get no dinks too. We gotta right. get no we, dinks. No dinks should be like ninety nine percent off. It's You're like right. the secret. Uh, <laughs> no can't dinks. believe I've done that twice here in a week now. Uh, but yeah, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for forty percent off subscription code. And again, all these podcasts that are gonna be dropping, uh, you know, sometimes once or twice a week, sometimes behind the paywall, sometimes they're gonna be a little free out there, a little little, little taste for you to get mm. from these podcasts to try them out. Over over twenty NBA podcasts on the athletic. That's a lot of pods. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you're going you are really if you are an NBA fan, you it's at the point or getting to the point where you could just be listening to a new NBA podcast twenty four. Twenty four yeah, exactly. Twenty four seven. Like just new, new material, solid material from from a you know couple of your favorite NBA writers talking about your team or national news or whatever. So it, it is wild. All right, let's get to some over under picks here. Now, I thought we would do it this way. Each guy would sort of bring to the table a team. So we're not going to go through all thirty teams here right now, but we would bring to the table a team. They're over and under. Um, you know, by way of betonline.ag, just so we're all picking from the from the same list, the same sports book, if you will. And you'll throw out the team, you'll throw out the number that Vegas has for them, and then we could debate whether you're going over or under. Um, again, we're not going to get to all 30 here, but maybe we get to, you know, whatever, 5 to 10 or something like that. So, I don't know, Tass, you want to get us started? Do you have a team, and they're, they're over and under, and, and we can see where we lie? The Brooklyn Nets. The borough of New York that has a great basketball team. Their line is 43.5. Mm. They just added Kyrie Irving to a team that was sixth in the East last year, had 42 wins. And essentially, you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts of their team is the same, but they added Kyrie Irving instead of D'Angelo Russell. To me, two wins is not a lot to ask. I'll just say it right here. I think, I think it's an over. You also have... Karis Levert, who you could argue was their best player last year, only played about half the games, then went into the postseason, averaged over 20. He had that that terrible leg injury, thought he'd be out for the season, but he's a really talented guy. 
had a good playoff. So you're getting him back full throttle for the rest of the year or for the entire year. Him and Kyrie, even a little DeAndre Jordan to solidify the rotation is good enough for two wins. I understand that people are worried about the chemistry and Kyrie Irving, um, but I think that's a little bogus. You know, it was a hard work working team last year. So Kyrie is going to come in with a few of his loquacious comments and, and throw things for a loop. I don't buy that. He's still a great basketball player. He's still a really, really talented is guy. Is he a leader? That That's the matter. question, really. I don't think it? it really matters on that team because they have such a good locker room. I, I, think, I think it's fine. You know, Kevin Durant's still around. I think they're going to win games. D'Angelo Russell wasn't known for his leadership. No, I know, but Kyrie's problems last year were largely based hmm. on him pointing to the younger guys in Boston and saying, hey, you're not good enough. I'm the leader here. So well, we're just talk, we're talking uh, like as far as a championship, as far as him being a leader. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when it comes to the postseason. But this is just this is a, a 42 win team last year. Kyrie Irving's coming from a 49 win team with the Boston Celtics. This number's low to me, and right. I, I think I think it's only low because it's it's there because people think well they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, so. They're not going to be that much better because Kevin Durant's not going to be there. And so that's the betting line for Vegas to pay out the right amount of money. But uh, as far as you know, the basketball side of things, I don't think, I don't think that locker room is going to go kaput because they got two really good players, and I'm including Karis LeVert. I'm talking about on the floor, Karis LeVert for a full season. He's, that guy's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Kyrie Irving. You know, the one thing about, I'll say this about the locker room, just one last thing. Kenny Atkinson is their head coach. And Kyrie, or I'm sorry, Kevin Durant said, I watched YouTube clips of that guy before I signed with the Brooklyn Nets because I wanted to see, you know, how much he was into basketball, <laughs> like wh- how he talks about basketball, because that's that's very high on Kevin Durant's <laughs> priority list. Mm-hmm. I, I think these dudes, him and him, him and Kyrie see eye to eye. They really like each other. I think that locker room led by Kenny Atkinson they're all those basketball dudes. They're yeah, but the, there's, a massive games. Tur- there's a massive turnover, though, with all those hardworking guys, I think is maybe a little bit of an issue, right? Like All those, those hardworking, like Jared well, Dudley? Yeah, honestly, like Damari Carroll, Ed Davis, Alan Crabb, Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson. There's a lot of change, that's all. Like, And some of them look to be similar sort of like solid vet guys, so I get it. It could be replicated, like Temple yeah, they got Garrett Chandler Temple. and Prince and stuff. I mean, I get yeah. that. And DeAndre, I guess, Jordan, if he's like, you know, invested in playing defense and and just in actually wanting to play hard. Yeah, but I think that's maybe a part um, of why this number is, you're right, feels a little low um, with really only asking for two more wins to hit the over with the, at 43 yeah. and a half. I, yeah, I just think it's primarily, hey, the one guy that they signed in the offseason isn't playing, so yeah. betters, betters just think, oh, okay, they're not going to be that good. But I don't know, Kyrie led a 49-win team last year in Boston. This team is pretty talented as well. I and think. 55 their first year. The only reason I would be on the under is an injury to Kyrie puts them at the under pretty easily to me. And that's a guy that gets hurt quite a bit. He's missed 15 last year, 22 the season before. Karis LeVert also seems to be a little bit of an injury guy. Hurt his last two years at Michigan, two of his first three years in the NBA. Will he, either of those guys make it through a full season? Probably not. Probably not both of them at least. And if that's the case, I think they might be under 43 and a half. Okay, I'm not good at projecting injuries. Okay, so Tass, well, maybe you're right. But Tass, I, yeah, Tass, exactly. Going, I'm just saying these are guys who get hurt a lot. Tass, yeah. you're going over. I'm going O. Okay, and Trey, you are going under. You're going under, Lee. Uh, I, I will go over, but only just. But also because they're in the Eastern Conference, there's a few teams that uh, I think they are just simply going to be better than. But uh, I, I think that number for them, it's it's about right. But I, I will I say they get 45. 
I'm also it's exactly where I'm going, Lee. I'm I'm with the over. Tass, you've convinced me. It's it's very very low, uh, but it won't. Yeah, they're not gonna. I don't think they're jumping to 50 by any means. Uh, but it'll be enough for the over. All right, Trey, next team. I hate to do it. The Atlanta Hawks. Their line is at 34 and a half. Mm. Everybody is very Ka-ka. excited to see Trey Young this season. Going to be great, I imagine. Everybody's excited to see John Collins. The pairing of those two. It makes sense. Seems to me everybody else on their team got worse though. Out go Dwayne Dedman, Kent Bazemore. And I was going to say Tayshawn Prince, but that's Torian Prince. In come Evan Turner, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, and Jabari Parker. These guys, to me, are not veterans who help your team. They are veterans who have ginormous contracts that will expire at the end of the year. They are there to take up space, maybe get a few buckets here and there and provide some veteran leadership, but they're not going to be providing a whole bunch of value on the court. I'm under the Hawks. They won 29 games last year. I hope they're better. They're going to be fun to watch again, I think. But I think uh, uh, there's a lot of turnover for a very young team, and you're relying on a second-year player and a third-year player to bump you up in wins. Mm. So I'm going under 34.5 for the Hawks. Uh, yeah, give, give me the over on them. I, I have a little more hope and faith, and I'll be down at the Fortress uh, objectively cheering them on from the press box uh, this season. But, um, you know, guys like Jabari Parker came in. It's kind of like a flyer on him at this point. It's like we know offensively he's okay, defensively he's awful. But maybe in this role something clicks for him, I don't know. I think, though, the younger guys, I think Trey, if, if Trey and John Collins stay on the court and they're healthy all season long, and then uh, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter... Uh, have good seasons, and I can see, again, in the Eastern Conference, maybe picking up a few extra wins here and there. I know that the the Hawks themselves are are looking at the playoffs and they're hoping to maybe get to 500. That's obviously a a huge uh, achievement if they can get there, but um, it's going to be tough for them. If they can get off to a good start and get a few wins early, then obviously that helps their case. I just think they're going to get a few more than the, uh, what is it, 34, did we say? 34 and a half. 34 and a half, yeah. I give, give them 30. Six. Just making it over. <laughs> Just. Just. Yeah, the young guys are going to have to overperform. I, I totally agree, Trey, that the vets aren't going to do it for them. Young guys in the NBA don't often overperform, and there's a lot of them. You mentioned DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter, plus the, the two guys you mentioned, John Collins. And why I'm going over, even though the, the heart says over, the head says under, I'm going over because Trey Young, I'm going to use the word stones for the second time in this podcast again. He's got the stones, and I believe in him after his first half of – his NBA season last year, he, he just catapulted, and, and I think he's going to carry that over. It's a tough, it's a tough number to get to, but I'll go, I'll go over as well. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, I will say overall, looking at a lot of these over underlines, that they're they're pretty they're they're difficult. You're like, oh, that's that's well well made, Vegas. Bravo <laughs> to you. There's a reason you make a lot of money because um, you can talk yourself into the over and unders uh, going one way or the other with a lot of these teams. I am going to go under with the Hawks. Kaka, just under, just under that. In fact, I'll I'll throw it out. I'll go right at 34. So they're going to be just under the 34 and a half, not getting to 35. There'll be an improvement. I'm still terrified that they're not going to be able to stop anybody. Um, I hope you know John Collins shuts me up, uh, being sort of the backbone of the defense, and DeAndre Hunter coming in as a rookie, being asked to maybe be the best defender out on the wing. Not going to be easy, but. That was, you know, his sort of uh, glowing skill set when he was in college, a great defender. So maybe they proved me wrong, but I think uh, going to have some very high-scoring, entertaining games, but they're not going to, you know, not going to be jumping up to a 500-win team by any means. Um, so I'm going just, just with the under uh, in the NLL Hawks. Though they, they, 
the good thing for them is they play in a atrocious division, really. Um, so there, there are a lot of teams in the East where you're like, yeah, maybe the Hawks are just better, like be it you know Cavs and Wizards and and Hornets and stuff like that. Maybe there are wins to be had mm-hmm. there. They gotta get mm-hmm. they gotta get those wins. That's for sure. Um, if they if they want to hit this over those those sort of gimme wins against the the bottom barrel teams. All right, Lee, what do you got? I am taking the Denver Nuggets. They are listed as 52.5 wins on the season. They had 54 last season. Now, I've picked the Nuggets to finish top of the West. I've got Jokic for MVP, and I've got Mike Malone for Coach of the Year. So I absolutely believe they're going to win more than 52.5 games. I think 60's in play. I think it's probably closer to about 57. But what I like about Denver is basically they brought back everybody, and Mm -hmm. I like that continuity. And then they added Jeremy Grant as well via trade. Another good player I think fits their sort of style of game. He can get up and down the floor. He can catch those oops. He can finish. He can defend. And I just feel that with all the other uh, changes in the Western Conference, the one consistency I like is just what Denver did last season. I think getting to the playoffs was a fantastic experience for them, beating the San Antonio Spurs. Obviously, they lost that home game seven to Portland Trailblazers. But I think all that growth is important. Now, if Nikola Jokic can make that leap to uh, to MVP, finish fourth last season, then, then clearly Denver is going to win more games. A few questions, though, about the Nuggets, of course, was last season a bit of a flash in the pan? Did they catch teams off? Can they now live up to those expectations? Can they continue to defend as they uh, improved a lot last season? And can they win on the road? A few questions about that team, but uh, certainly without uh, wholesale changes to that roster, I feel confident that they are going to get a few extra wins yeah. uh, than they had last season. Yeah, this their, their over-under total almost feels like it's about all the other teams in the Western Conference being better that they would then drop that's the only way i can sort of wrap my head around this because like you said they were a a 54 win team last year why would they be worse um and i think the reasoning is like well a lot of these other teams uh obviously like the lakers and clippers and all that they they're better so they're gonna just there's gonna be less wins for the nuggets to grab up there against all these western conference folks that's the only way i can figure it out but i'm with you um, I'm hitting the over on this one too. I think that continuity matters. You said uh, Jeremy Grant, I love that. Michael Porter Jr. is in a weird way in addition as yeah. well. Uh, a lot of pieces to figure out and a lot of minutes to distribute, but they could survive an injury or two um, to some of your guys because they got so many. So I- I'm over as well. I'm over the uh, the, the 52 and a half. Yeah, they've got a little of the Blazers vibe in terms of just sort of the general fan looking at this, thinking that they overachieved last year. And the, that's where the numbers fall into, but... All their did they not well. overachieve a little bit last year? Yeah. Though they caught yeah, teams they off guard. Guys they like did. Monte Morris, Malik Beasley had career seasons we'd never really heard of them before, and suddenly they're showing up pretty much every single night. They had good health throughout, you know, Perfect outside of Gary Harris and Will Barton, they both missed a nice chunk of time, but otherwise they had incredible health throughout the season. Their guys were playing in the seventies and eighties of games, which is really really good. So, you know, if they pick up a couple injuries here, if Monte Morris shoots 35% instead of 40, if Malik Beasley's at 35 instead of 40, do you lose two wins? Are you underneath 52? I don't know. I'm going over. I'm mountains over movies when it comes to the regular season. I think the Nuggets and the Jazz are both going to be better than the Lakers and the Clippers until the playoffs when the Stars really play. Yeah. Mm. So you're going over as well. What about you, Tess? That's right. Yep. Yeah. The, the number just seems really low at 52 and a half. They did win a lot of close games last year. They had like a great record in close games and that'll probably even out mm-hmm. if you're gonna get geeky in terms of the numbers but 52 and a half just looks low for a really really great team so i think they should get over but yeah when it comes to the one through eight we're gonna have a lot of teams in that 50 to 55 range and that's why that number is pretty good all right 
We're all going over with the Nuggets. Okay, I'll, I'll do the next one here. I'll bring it to the table because I'm actually undecided, so I'm interested to see where you guys go. Blazers, 46 and a half. <laughs> oh, this one is tough to me. I know, I know they won a lot of games, obviously, last year, and they, they generally surprise people. Um, people started last couple of years. Some people have written them off saying, ah, that they'll be falling out of the playoffs. There's just too much talent in the West, and they always sort of shut us up and prove us wrong. But 46 and a half. Blazers feels like a good line <laughs> again. Over or under? Who wants to get us started? Because uh, I, I need to be, in a weird way, convinced. I know where I'm leaning, but uh, it's a tough one. I lean over. You lean over. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to squeeze in in the playoffs, um, and it's going to be hard-pressed to get into the Western Conference playoffs. Give me a 40, 47 or 48. Uh, it's it just – how do you bet against these dudes? I, I, I find it very difficult to bet against Damian Lillard, although it's going to come down to the wire for me in this number. I think it's going to take that many wins to make the postseason, which is kind of bonkers. They're a good regular season team. They know how to get wins. And that, to me, is why I also take them just in the over. Because, again, for all the changes they've had to their team, they've kept Lillard and McCollum there. They've kept their two stars. And all those other players are kind of complementary to them. So Lillard, we know, is is very healthy. He stays out on the floor. CJ, You just told me how important continuity was. Yes, I did. But they've kept their two stars. three different guys. I know. But their two um, core players are still there. And everything runs through those two guys. And I think that's that helps. I think Portland's case again because they just they know how to eke out wins during the regular season. I don't have all that much confidence in them in the playoffs. Again, you know, I think it was sort of like like last season they they played well. They got to the conference finals. I'm not sure that they can get back there, but I just feel that uh, with Stotts still there and with your two stars, they're just going to get wins. And so I, I still also take the over, but uh, not by much. A game. Yeah, I think I'm going under. They've lost a lot of infrastructure. This is the first time they've had a different team at all, basically, in three stri- for three seasons. It's been, you know, Aminu, Harkless, Evan Turner hanging out on the bench. That's been their basic team for three seasons. Now they got a lot more stuff to figure out, not to mention you're going to be bringing Yusuf Nurkic back at some point, not to mention you got to deal with Hassan Whiteside and whatever baggage he may bring to Portland. Uh, Lillard and McCollum are great. Terry Stotts is a good coach. But there, there's a lot of stuff to figure out in a conference that got a lot better. I'm going to go under the Blazers. I, I wouldn't be surprised to be wrong. I think they could still be a team that wins 50-something games as a top three seed in the Western Conference. But I would like to see it before I believe it. Here's a wrinkle to the Blazers' 46.5 over underline. Zach Lowe had his predictions up today. And one of them, Zach Lowe's prediction, was Portland trades Hassan Whiteside or Kent Bazemore plus at least one asset and additional money, money if he needed for one of Kevin Love, Danilo Gallinari, Blake Griffin, Marcus Gasol, or Serge Ibaka. I think mm. that is a big, like, what if the Blazers do make the move, trading some of their, you know, a young asset, and then one of those bigger contracts expiring um, for, you know, a, 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 an all-star, borderline all-star big, be it a Love or a Gallinari or whoever. And then Zach then it, Lowe. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Zach Lowe has been trying to get Kevin Love to the Blazers for a long sure, time. Sure, sure. <laughs> Maybe he's got some sort of uh, cut of that deal somehow. Mm. Mm. But it is know. intriguing, right? Yes. I mean, putting well, one of those type of guys with a McCollum and Lillard backcourt, it's, uh, that's interesting. The Blazers haven't really had that third really reliable scoring option. For right. a while, Nurk, so Nurk if, was for for flash yeah, in the pan. I yeah, think yeah, he was proving yeah. he was. But but I think you know someone like a Kevin Love who maybe he can still get your twenty a game. I don't know, but he can certainly spread the floor and he's a good rebounder. I think I would like to see Kevin Love there, but he's just got that gigantic contract. 
That's uh, that's so does Whiteside though. That's the good thing is that Whiteside's got such a big deal that he's yeah true. You can trade him for players that would be more desirable. Yeah, Uh, the Blazers should do it. Their third best player. I don't know if anybody could pick who it is. Maybe it's Zach Collins. Maybe he does well, but he's going to be playing the four next year or this year next to Hassan Whiteside. So maybe he doesn't look quite as athletic playing out on the perimeter as he does when he's swatting shots inside. Maybe it is Hassan Whiteside. He's had some games where he looks unstoppable and he's twenty and ten with ten blocks. That kind of thing. The consistency, though, I don't know who you're finding as the third best guy. Oh, and and I am worried. I am worried how, like, the defense, which was already not amazing. I mean, it was fairly average defense in the NBA last year. Uh, they they were really, you know, led by their, of course, scoring backcourt and their offense, which was third best. But without Harkless and without Aminu, you are you got to be praying that Whiteside is just a uh, you know amazing in the back, and then Bazemore like on the wing and stuff like that. You're asking. That, that's, you're asking a lot for those guys to yeah. um, to be your best defensive players at this point in their careers. I think so. That worries me, but I am mm. going. I am going to go over. I do think a move is going to be made. I could see them being the perfect team to do it because they do have some enticing young players that they could maybe um, you know go and get a star quality player by uh, by by throwing one of them at them. So I'll just go over. I do think it'll uh, be close, but I'll, I'll go Blazers over. Yeah, and just to add on to that. Their defense was so solid because Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu, they don't mess around. They're starting beside CJ McCollum, Dalen, yeah. Damian Lillard. Balance, balance it out a little bit. Offense, defense, those guys not relied upon offensively, just do it defensively. Now you're asking Kent Bazemore and Hassan Whiteside. And Collins, I guess, too, yeah. Yeah, and Zach Collins, who's playing out of position. I think it's going to really be up to Collins and Hassan Whiteside to find their best selves that has sort of escaped them the last couple of years in the NBA. And uh, that's just... Kent Bazemore... Is a, is a great dude, and, and there's a great article on, in the Athletic on uh, by Jason Quick about him finding himself again, and, and him him wanting to get to Portland. Apparently, last year playing against them and seeing like, oh, that locker room is great. These guys, these guys love each other. I want to get there, and now he's there. Uh, you know, he was a guy who was loved in the NBA. Like, you know, he he was the perfect three and D guy. So it makes sense if he could work there if if he finds himself again. Hassan Whiteside, it's a contract year, baby. Best time to have him. Uh, yeah, that is absolutely the best time to have him. So a couple of things have to go right, but um, I just, I'm not betting against these dudes, even though, I, I don't know, I, I think they're going to be right on that that borderline of missing the playoffs, which is bonkers for a team that just went to the Western Conference Finals. All right, let's run it back here. Let's do, why not do four more teams? Tass, who do you have? I'll do mine quickly. There's not a lot of analysis here with the Los Angeles Lakers. I see the number, 50 and a half, and I see their top two players. One's named LeBron James, and he had two months off in uh, April, May, and June that he hasn't had off in like a decade. I mean, think about going to your job. Two months, two months vacation. You're feeling fresh. Mm. Uh, 50 wins with him and the other guy I didn't mention, Anthony Davis, who are top, you know, amongst the top six, seven players in the NBA. I just look at that. Full stop. Forget the rest of the dudes on that team. They should be an over, but it's the tough Western Conference and their supporting cast. Uh, is not the sol- that solid when you look at a lot of the other Western Conference teams. And Kyle Kuzma is a little bit injured, who's their third best player, but I'm still taking the over. This is a, it's a talent-driven league. Gave me the over, which feels, it feels like a little nutty because you look at LeBron's career, it doesn't necessarily get to 50 wins each and every time. Um, but I'm banking on fresh LeBron uh, to bring it uh, to get to 51. Point five. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. That, that number just looks tiny, right? It does, 50. Yeah. 5. You look at Cleveland, 53, 57, 51, and 50. 
there was more depth, I would say, on the Cleveland teams. Yeah. Maybe not his last and Cleveland team. <laughs> yeah, and it is in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, Anthony Davis is better than either Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love. He will be more of a defensive presence than either of those guys ever was. Uh, but LeBron is further along in his career. I'm over as well, just because 50 seems like such a small number. 51 isn't even that much bigger. <laughs> yeah, he got to 50 that last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I, I thought the numbers were And that was a dramatic enough. season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was uh, bring in everybody, tra- <laughs> yeah. trade everybody here. Lee? I you, um, you, you, Well, I'm going with the Crosstown Rivals Clippers no, there. No, no, this, no, no, hold on. Are you going Lakers over or under? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, uh, yes, I am going over as well. Yes. yes. Give me 51 wins. <laughs> well, Precisely. Yes. Uh, exactly. No more, no less. Sports betting dime, though. I saw this stat. LeBron-led teams have gone under their season wins prop in each of the last six years. Wow. Mm. But you are right. <laughs> Generally, they're higher or uh, have right? been yeah. higher. So that's what makes it difficult. I'm also with you guys. I'm going over. I mean, if those two guys are healthy, I think it's actually a no-brainer. We just know as well with LeBron, he doesn't chase those regular season wins because no. he yeah. knows it's all about no. the playoffs. No. So, he, he, I mean, he, they want top four, clearly, the Lakers. They want home court in that first round. But LeBron knows that he can win any from anywhere, really, in the playoffs. So he's not... <laughs> uh, He's not looking to set any records in the regular season. All right, let's go to our our poor cough man down there, Trey Kirby, with this next one. What do you? What yeah, do you it's got? me, King Kaufman over here. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, the I've season starts. The season starts. The weather changes. The girls get sick. Yeah, I don't sleep. They put the germs in my nose. I wake up with a sore throat. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. That being said. I'm taking the Jazz over 53.5. Oh, I'm glad you said over. Otherwise, you'd have so many angry Jazz fans come after you, man. That's 100% of the reason why I said yes. They're too easy to find. They're, I'm too easy to find for them. Uh, but this, to me, is a classic regular season team. They're going to play defense. They're going to move the ball. They're going to have a lot of contributors. The biggest worry, no doubt, there could be a lot of Jeff Green involved. There could be a lot of Emmanuel Moutier involved. And if that's the case... Yeah, we could be in a little bit of trouble there, but when you look at it, they have a home court advantage, 29-12 and 12 last year at home, just 21-20 and 20 away. I think that that away number should hopefully come up, adding the veteran presence of Conley and Bogdanovich. Rudy, Gay, or Rudy Gobert is going to have a lot more to bite off this year with Jay Crowder being gone, Derek Favors being gone. It's a lot. It's an even bigger load on his shoulders, I think, to, to defend the rim, but I think he's ready for it. This, to me, seems like that Hawks team that won 60 games uh, in the 14-15 season. They're just going to be a team that doesn't mess up. They're going to be a team that every game is hard and they're prepared for every single game. I got them challenging for one of the top two seeds over 53.5. Yeah, they just uh, re-signed Quinn Snyder too to an extension, so it shows that that would sort of clear any speculation if they were going to move on for him from him perhaps at some point during the season. Uh, I also agree. I think the Jazz made some very, very impressive uh, free agent moves this season. I think that just shores up everything that they lost. Derek Favors is going to be lost because defensively he was very underrated for what he did on that team. But overall, I think there's just uh, a lot of depth, a lot of balance, and the Jazz should, again, a, a little bit like the Nuggets, should improve from last season where they won 50 games. So I, too, will take them as the over, and I, too, am aware of the Jazz fans. <laughs> and you don't oh, want to upset boy. too many of them. No, I had, I had a couple coming at me last week uh, for things I said about them in the playoffs because... Um, oh, boo who cares? I'm just saying they lost 4-1, and they were saying, well, we defended James Harden. You lost by... 50 points in the first two games, but uh, anything anyway. could still happen. <laughs> Tass? Oh, man, I, that's a big number. I, it yeah. is, it is. All these teams, I, I think I think Vegas could have just, uh, like, we're going through all these lines. 
you know, it's between 50 and 54 for essentially, you know, six of the top teams in the Western Conference, right. and poor Blazers are drop off at 46 and a half. Ooh, wee. Uh, I'll take an over. Um, that's all, it's big, oh, man. You know what? I'm taking the under. Whoa, Screw whoa, it. whoa. Screw it. He's flipping F- it. 53 wins is a good year, Jazz fans. Yeah. What, what is that? So, at Tass Mellis. At yeah, T-A-S-M-E-L-A-S, I believe. Yep. You're yeah. going to get a snark tank in your mentions. You're going to get a Tanner Simmons in your mentions. Bring it. You better watch it. They're going to be talking about you on game notes. <laughs> I, I love the SLT. Uh, get out of here. 53, congratulations so, on a good year. Right. 53 and 29. So you're just going just under. I am yeah, going to yeah, go. I'm saving myself. That's here. okay. That's fair. I'm going just over um, because I do think if they continue to have, and I don't see why they shouldn't with Gobert as long as he's out there, um, you know, a top three ranked defense in the league. They tried to address this offseason. Let's get some more offense in there, which was, you know, fairly average in the regular season and then really struggled in the playoffs. I think what they did was enough to bump that up. And I think you, you know, you add a top three defense with, you know, possibly a, a top 10 offense, right, you know, right around there, let's say, in best mm. case scenario with, mm-hmm. you know, Conley coming in and Bogdanovich and, um, and like you guys said, you know, maybe even Moody and Green and to some extent Ed Davis, you know, not really offensively contributing all that much except on the boards. But I think it's enough. And I think they just eke out, um, you know, yeah, that 54 55 win mark, which would be an unbelievable regular season. So I'll take the over. All right, Lee, let's get to your Clippers. What's the line at? Yeah, yeah the, the line for the Clippers coming in is 53 and a half. They won 48 last season, which was, uh, was good enough for them to finish eighth in the Western Conference. I, I think with the additions, clearly, of uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, Paul George is not going to be ready to go straight away, but I think the Clippers are going to hit just over that as well, about 54 or 55. It's going to take a little bit of time to gel and to get everyone on the same page, but you got some vets. I think defensively, the Clippers are going to just be very, very tough. They've got mm-hmm. such great defenders across the board, and offensively, again, with Kawhi and with Paul George when he comes back and Lou coming off the bench, they're going to have enough. So I think the Clippers will be uh, the better team of the L.A.'s. Uh, I will take them at about 55 wins because, uh, again, there is there is a, an adjustment period. You know, it, it may be somewhat of a blessing in disguise that Paul George is coming after Kawhi Leonard, so you're not incorporating two players at the start, perhaps. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Mm. You know, you're getting one superstar mm. to sort of get a feel for things, and then in a couple of weeks, Paul George comes in, you have to then integrate a second one rather than two superstars at the one time. So uh, I like the Clippers. I like where they're going, and I think they're going to win more than 53 and a half. I'll, I'll piggyback on that, and I'll say over as well. It, to me, it's a little bit like my Brooklyn Nets pick because last year, the LA Clippers, as you said, they won 48 games without a superstar. The Brooklyn Nets had a very good season without a superstar. I don't think either team's going to forget how to work hard um, just just because. Uh, so, yeah, you had two superstars to that. Give me the over of those 53 and a half wins. I'm with you guys. 48-win team last year. If you added just Paul George or just Kawhi Leonard, I think you're getting close to the over anyways at 54 wins. So you add two of them even if they only play 60 games apiece. Over it. <sighs> Give me the under. I'll take the under. I'll put them exactly at 53, so it's good. It's a perfect line, in my opinion. Because um, I do think teams like the Jazz and Nuggets, and I'm sort of still high on the Lakers uh, winning a ton of games, um, in the regular season at least, uh, somebody's got to be there like in that third or fourth spot, probably around the 53 win mark um, when you're just doing the math. So I think the Clippers will just come under this. Obviously, they're going to be a beast come playoff time, and no one's going to want to play them. All right, final team here, and then we can make some locks before we wrap this up. Uh, Sixers, 54 and a half, guys. I am going over. I think the Sixers are... Uh, 
We've talked about their defense. It should be a juggernaut. There's no reason that shouldn't be one of the best defenses in the league. Yes, uh, is there enough scoring, uh, shooting mainly? Big question mark, but some of you guys are back in Joel Embiid as an MVP sort of uh, type of season here. I think Simmons is going to, you know, take. he's just going to get better being at the age he is. And uh, Horford's awesome. He's the underrated awesome guy. Tobias now in a comfortable role. It, uh, in the East, I think they hit this. I actually think they hit this comfortably. So I'm going over on the Sixers. Where do you guys fall? I'm going over as well. Um, I, the starting lineup is going to be great. The size, the talent is all there. The main injury, uh, the main worry will certainly be injuries as long as Joel Embiid can stay healthy. I think they're over. That being said, he's a little bit like my, me. He couldn't stop getting sick during the playoffs last <laughs> yeah. year. We got to get me and him into like a hyperbaric chamber or something where it's just our own germs. We're not mm. dealing with anybody else. Yeah. I'll take the under on him. I'll take the under for that reason. Just that uh, Joel... He does get injury. Uh, he is a little injury prone at times. I like, I love the addition of Al Horford. I want to see Ben Simmons take a big leap as far as shooting the ball, which uh, we haven't seen, and I don't think it's going to happen. So I think teams are going to kind of try to figure out the sixes a little bit. I think they're still a very good team, but I think 53 is about a, a fair number, but I'll take them at that. Uh, oh, excuse me, they're 54 and a half. I'll take them at 53 okay. wins. Okay. Uh, it's a. Uh a big line, I see that number, and it just it it's just sticks out. Just like the Milwaukee Bucks line of 57.5, I understand those are the two favorites in the Eastern Conference, but I, I think the Bucks line kind of scared me off of the Sixers line, if that makes sense. They both just seem a little too big. But like you said, Skeets, uh, I, I'm fine going over because uh, you know they got that 51, hit that 51 number last year, and Al Horford's good for a few wins, period. Uh, I, I think just simply simply him uh, and um i think this defense is gonna get them a lot of regular season wins so uh i'm, I'm fine going over even though it's um it's a big number it, and it'd be fine if they hit you know any anywhere between 50 and 54 but this team is just too good i you know i look back and i think well they got 51 last year this team has got an or got an injection of talent this team is good enough to get to 55, even though it's big. And I wonder if the the Bucks and Sixers appearing to be significantly better than any of the other teams in the Eastern Conference, I wonder if that actually helps their sort of like regular season race to rack up wins. Like the idea of both those, both those teams, if they think they're going to be meeting in an Eastern Conference Finals, there might be some incentive to actually get that one seed um, and, and, and really maybe maybe play some guys some minutes they shouldn't be in and games maybe they should be getting some rest I, I wonder if that manifests itself or if one of them will be like who cares we can go win on the road so we will see but I am hitting the over all right let's get uh let's just lock in our locks here you can only pick one now it can be one of the teams we just addressed or it could be an entire you know team and, and over under bet um a completely different one Tass what's your lock here for over under make us some money money Mellis Mm. I'm going to stick with my nets over 43 okay. and a half. It okay. just seems too low. That's it. Oh, locked it in. Lock it in. Trey? I'm going to lock in the newie for you, Skates. The Pacers under 46.5. 48 wins last year, but you look at their team, they lost their top three guys in minutes. Thad Young, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Darren Collison. If you've extended out even further of their top 10 guys in minutes played, if you include Victor Oladipo, they are going to be missing seven of those guys to start the season. And number nine is like Doug McDermott. So you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. DeMontis Sabonis already upset. We're not sure if he'll even be around as of tomorrow. 
with the Pacers. They brought in Malcolm Brogdon, who is somewhere between a second and a fourth option, now being cast as the first option. He'll be perfect next to Oladipo, but Oladipo's not there until December or January. TJ Warren hasn't played an important game yet in his NBA career. He can score a lot of points for bad teams. Can he do it for a decent team? We'll see. And Jeremy Lamb, he's fine. He had a nice year for the Hornets last year when nobody cared. Let's see you do it with a little bit of pressure on you. I'm super under the Pacers here. I think they're about a 500 team, unless Oladipo comes back right away, and he's incredible. All right, lock that one in. Trey says under 46.5 on the Pacers. Lee, what do you got? Uh, the Nuggets, they're, they're my luck. They're going to win more than 52.5 games. Uh, I just think, for all the reasons I described earlier, good team, solid team, good uh, defensively, uh, got a great home court advantage, and a good coach and an MVP candidate. I think they're up for... Uh, a good season. I hope they do live up to these the, the hype, really, because it'd be great to see Denver actually cash in and, uh, and be a good team because they haven't been a great team for a long time. Lock it in. I'm going to piggyback with my man Trey here. I'm going to – I'm like Bran. You're Hodor. I'm jumping on your back here. Um, I'm going Pacers. It's an apt metaphor. Yeah, I'm going Pacers. <laughs> nice. Under 46 and a half as well. They were – 24th, I believe, last season when Oladipo went down. This is a big part of it. There is no doubt. If like when Oladipo comes back and when he comes back, what he even looks like coming back from injury. They lost five of their top seven scores from a year ago. They're still going to be a decent team, no doubt, and probably in the playoffs. But I think that line is a little too high. So I am also going Pacers under 46 and a half. Let's hear from you guys. Jump on Twitter hashtag No Dunks at No Dunks Inc. What's your one? Of, you know, lock it in over under team bet. Um, we, we got our lines from betonline.ag, but you can grab yours from wherever you want. They differ a little bit from spot to spot, but let us know on Twitter. We're going to call it here. Guys, one more sleep until the NBA season starts. Fan we're almost there, and we're obviously very excited. We uh, will be podcasting daily here on The Athletic. As part of uh, as no dunks, guys, we got bonus episodes as well. I already told you, get your questions in right now. Email us no dunks at theathletic.com, and we'll be doing a special mailbag episode uh, a little bit later in the week. So get those in or hit us up on Twitter hashtag, hashtag no dunks. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Yeah, we're back daily, baby. It feels so good. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember theathletic.com slash no dinks if you don't want 40% off your subscription from The Athletic. Oh, how many times am I going to say that this year? Embrace the day, people! You could stay ooh every day and I'd be happy every minute